Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 83 of Just The Fitness Tip with Mikey Joa and Jason Auld, Edinburgh's number one fitness podcast and today we are joined by our good friend and osteopath Jordan Clemson. Jordan, how you doing mate? Oh good, um, yeah it's, it's a lovely a lovely morning in Edinburgh, um, it's, uh, it's grey and magnificent <laughs> and uh, yeah all, all well and good mate, I've had a coffee and ready to go, good to be on here. We should probably point out that um, although we first and foremost want to present Jordan as an expert in his field, and he most certainly will uh, give you some important and informative takeaways, we have got him on because he's our mate and he just comes out with some fantastic banter. We should probably kick things off with you just introducing yourself, telling everyone what you do, and then we can, can move into some questions if that's cool. Uh, yeah, so I'm Jordan. Um, I'm an osteopath. Um, sort of, I say specialising in sort of musculoskeletal uh, sports injuries, pain, um, and I've qualified. I've been qualified nearly six years now. Uh, and I, despite what Jason said, and it was very kindly of I'm going I'm to paraphrase one of your previous guests. Is I wouldn't say I'm an expert, if, but it is my job. Um, so there are far, far superior minds in my field. Um, I just I'm just one of those cogs. So I was I that on previous it, guest Anthony Lolly. <laughs> don't know, mate. Um. <laughs> and I know you're you're a very humble, Blake John. Um, and uh, I will also just say that there's very few people that I trust referring my clients onto. And Jordan is my go-to guy in Edinburgh. Whenever any of my clients or followers have any issues, it's usually Jordan who I ping a message. So although you're being very humble, mate, there you are a brilliant osteopath and practitioner. So. Uh, I'm Mate, getting Mitch, full credit. You know, Mitch is not passing off clients to anybody. So, <laughs> if he does, no, you, do, got to keep, you got it's it's one of those things. Being being you know for being uh you know uh, we'll, we'll we'll start the journey. You know, we'll, we'll probably come back to it later. But you know, I'm all of where I am now and what I do is it was you know because I'm you know started off in the health and fitness industry and. You never actually, it would, despite what people think, it's all it's all interlinked, and there actually there needs to be much closer links nowadays. Um, I know we've talked about, or you've mentioned previously. I mean, I think one of the things we bonded over, Mitch, was um, you know standards within within health and fitness, and um, you know to having decent regulation and things like that, and being you know uh, a bit more responsible, perhaps perhaps for some of the advice you give. <laughs> um, and being a bit more, being a bit more, uh, you know, I, I won't say cautious, but um, just, just not change shit, basically. Yeah. Sorry, I swore. Um, but um, you can bleep the, bleep the other word out, Jason. Um, yeah. No, that's true. But, the referral systems within the fitness industry are shocking, and we've mentioned it as you said on the podcast before. But a lot of professionals are reluctant to refer their clients on to any other practitioners because they're a little bit mm. worried or scared that those clients are not going to want to come back to them. But it just makes you a far better practitioner being willing to refer on to someone who is much more specialised in an area that your mm. client needs some extra help with. So that's yeah. why I'm always more than willing to. That's it's always it's uh, yeah. It's, it's great. I say it's great fun. It's, it's, I say, I kind of see it in a way that, you know, uh, you know, manual therapy must, you know, osteop- osteopathy, physiotherapy, um, if you know, folks like that, we're kind of the, you know, almost like the pit crew or management crew. We, we want to, you, you don't want to have, you don't want to have someone in your clinic room all the time, uh, you know, endlessly. It's got to be a case of, you know, handing over 
uh, autonomy and responsibility and, and accountability to that person so that they have tools to, to well, Jordan, this is, probably, this is probably a great segue. Um, I like to think of myself as the kind of the avatar for the people, for the tippers, the man on the street, <laughs> the, you know, in, in a film, I am the character that the audience sees through their eyes. And I think mm -hmm. what all of the tippers will be thinking right now is, what is an osteopath? Oh, what is an osteopath? Well, uh, where do we start? Um, in <laughs> if you don't know, this is going to be a very long podcast. <laughs> yeah. Don't know, mate. No, um, it's a question I get. It's a question I get asked a lot, um, and but not you know, it's normally by people that don't have never really left their own county. So um, it depends. But no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, not a lot of them. Or am I? Um, no, it's it's just one of those things. I think yeah, osteopathy is obviously. I think like a lot of um you know manual like manual medicine or you know um sort of clinical practice things i think people you know that aren't um so yeah, but people involved in this is sort of you know manual basically i'll, I'll call it i'll call, blanket call it manual therapy basically at the moment um i'll get fire punched by some other osteos being like how dare you even equate it to physiotherapy Ooh. um but um you know we we basically work with with um you know patients with you know it can be anything from, you know, ankle sprains, you know, rotator cuff tendinopathy, lower back pain, all the way up to sort of, um, you know, people with ongoing, ongoing lower back pain or stuff that's almost like mechanically, you know, unexplained or, um, you know, slightly more complex conditions. So, but the thing that unites us all in the middle is, is pain essentially. Um, and what, you know, <laughs> Amazingly, that um, line sounds like something from like an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. It's like the one thing that unites us all. <laughs> I suppose what people really want to know is what you do with it. what <laughs> what do we all do with our hands? Um, yes, <laughs> there are, there's a uh, yeah, oh spicy. Um, but um, no, there's obviously hands-on elements to that. So um, you know, soft tissue mobilization. Um, you know, assisted exercise, uh, you know, joint manipulation is the big one that we all get, me and the physios that I work with. Um, people are always like, oh, it just needs a crack. And you're like, oh, for, for. Is it? I'm assuming it's one of those things, isn't it, where it's just so varied as well. Like, there's so many different branches of the profession as well that it's quite difficult to give like a singular definition of what do we do. From what I gather, the public see um, osteopathy as is, you know, <laughs> generally like a bit of a, you know, like a, some sort of witch doctor. And then people see physiotherapy as a bloke that literally, you know, flag, you know, thrashes you to death with with therabands um, and tells you to get out of his office. So Jordan, I would love to know after that really succinct explanation of what osteopathy <laughs> is. Um, I would love to know. Yeah. For anyone that for anyone that doesn't know you, well, we anyway have spoken a lot about our experience with rugby. I've said many times on the show that, that my first like entry point into the gym, into lifting weights, into I guess for lack of a better term, kind of self improvement physically. God, that sounds yeah. obnoxious, doesn't it? But you know what I mean. Um, trying to get fitter for in layman's terms was rugby, and it was, in all honesty, probably the worst way I could have got into it because it was just a, me as a 14 year old watching some 16 year olds bench press. And that was how I worked out what I should be doing. And I know that you play rugby. And um, what I wanted to know was, was that your entry into health, fitness, exercise? 
how did that transition into what you do today and at what point between those did you walk through that glass door <laughs> so so what, what you thank you jason for that um opportunity for me to chat a little shit again um <laughs> no um but I can be so, so you know, if you give me, you give me a paragraph to be so succinct about, it's never going to happen. And my answer is always going to be, <laughs> me too. my answer is, my answer is always going to be, ah, but it depends. Um, <laughs> yeah. But as that's never, what that's the sign of a good practitioner, though, isn't it? If uh, if you ask a practitioner a good and, question, if they come back with it depends, then you know you're probably working with someone who knows their stuff. Yeah, no, like I said I, I, I hope I hope that's the case. I don't I want to come across like a, like a twat, but um, so yeah, rugby was a was an interesting thing for me. Um, obviously, I, I would describe it as my definitely my first love. Um, coming from a, 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 a you know a, a bizarre, frankly, a bizarre family that you know rugby was one of the things that we all they all we all loved as it were and, and obsessed over. So I remember. Um, my introduction to wanting to spend a long time, a lot of time uh, smashing into other men um, was, it happened when I was in the, yeah, bit of innuendo there for you. Um, but, <laughs> so um, much innuendo in this first 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's great, it's great, uh, you know, but um, no, it was, um, it was uh, watching the 95 World Cup with my father um, and obviously he's a, he's a very passionate um kilted kiwi as it were so um you know he, he's, he's uh, you know his family are all from new zealand but he was born in edinburgh so um you know basically absolutely hates it. he hates the english despite the fact <laughs> that I was, born in, I was born in clapham so you can see the precedent for our relationship you can see the precedent for our relationship there um so um yeah <laughs> he, um <laughs> but um I, no, I, I just remember watching watching the night i woke up and my, and my father always gone on about you know uh you know the good old days of rugby and uh you know going or going to you know his local private school watson's and and basically getting stamped on for you know basically an entire sunday morning um that's what it sounded to me and to me to me that did sound awful um but uh <laughs> no i watched i watched the 95 world cup and just thought wow this this looks fantastic i want to be just like that six foot five um 19 stone maori dude um but unfortunately uh, i was kind of like an emaciated milky bar kid at that <laughs> age so um but you know you try don't you you try um There's and he was my I, he was he was my yeah still time still time um but no i i he was my he was um, you know rest, you know um Jonah Lomo was my was my was my idol for a very long time and that was my my routine so basically yeah he took me down to the local rugby club um and because he'd been sort of coaching me as a kid and things like that, teaching me how to tackle and things like that. It was touch rugby. And um, here we go. It was basically, oh, yeah, don't tackle the kids. Just, just you know, the other kids don't just just tap them. And obviously I thought, oh, this is my this is my chance to shine. Um, so I just went around flattening people, which was phenomenal fun. Um, <laughs> but, go, you know, going on from there. Yeah, rugby was one of those things where even when we did, you know, sport at school and things like that. So I did a bit of athletics and, you know, bits and bobs. But then... I suppose the real thing came was when my coach at the at the time the club was um, basically sort of made a, made a comment on um, and again this is a can of worms for for a lot of young guys I think um, made a comment saying oh if you uh, you want to take this more to the next level you need to be a bit a bit bigger um, and yeah that was that, that was kind of my um, my entry point it was like oh god do I am I not am I not enough you know what I mean like. Um, and you know, I wasn't I wasn't a small lad, and I was you know um, I was athletic, but it was like oh no, you need to be a bit heavier, a bit you know. The first gym I went to, there was just a guy in there called Ralph, 
He's about 75 years old and he was absolutely massive. Um, and he was like, God bless you, lads. Get on a bench press. Um, he ne- he'd, he'd never, he'd never even walked up a flight of stairs, that bloke. Um, <laughs> but, he, but if he could bench his way around, he would have done. Um, but he, <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he literally, honestly, he was just like, right, just like, helping us out. And, and blessing me, I think he, I think he held the world record for like strict overhead press at some point, this guy. Um, cause he wasn't going to be using his legs to do it. No chance. And, um, he, <laughs> he literally, um, he just came in and you know, showing us, you know, showing us what to do, that sort of thing. So you, you, you basically, um, you know, you, you got big and strong, but you in no way were you conditioned, and in no way was it helpful. So, um, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd have loved a more balanced approach at the time, but I didn't have any of the, you know, the, the external help. I just got a, a coach saying, "Do this, eat this, try these exercises, off you go." And then me going down the local council gym and uh, telling, you know, basically just. Because Ralph never left there, I don't think he got on that well with his missus. Um, but he was, he was all, <laughs> we need to get Ralph lovely. on the show. Yeah, we point. did. Um, I think he but, might be. De- I think I think he passed away, bless him. Um, cool. But he was. Jordan, I was going to say, just to, sorry to talk over you, but I think like that experience, what you said there about um, young men and the coaches that they have, and Mitch, you could probably relate to this in some way. Um, that. Like at school, anyway, I find because I never played rugby at a club level. You find that the coaches mm-hmm. are guys that just played rugby, so they've got no real knowledge of training or nutrition yeah. or anything like that. And so the direction you get is, you know, run more, lift heavy. It, it's, it's quite similar in boxing as well. Like most of the guys who are trainers are boxing trainers. They're not. They don't know much about fitness and and things like that. And so mm-hmm. um, you end up either getting very little direction or just very kind of what I would describe as, and and people love it when I say this, bro science. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, uh, it, it wasn't, it was, you know, if I, if I had turned back time, turn back the clock and, and obviously knowing what I know now, I'd have been like, Jordan, please put that vest in the bin. Yeah, um, it's really it's really and, interesting you talk about that as well. Because I mean, because even from like what 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 year was this? Uh, I, I know we're a similar age, but roughly what year would this have been where your coach was thinking like you're not big enough, go get bigger? I think it was two thousand and four. And yeah, I think rugby has even changed from that point till now. The rugby players have just got so much bigger since that time. So there's probably even more pressure on kids that are that age now compared to when we were younger as well. And it's interesting if. I mean, this might be slightly left field of what we originally wanted to talk about, but do you know mm. like, what kind of impact did that have on you when your coach was telling you, like, you were not big enough, just go get bigger? I don't know. It was just funny having someone kind of from outside just sort of say, I want you to do that. I want you to do fulfill this role. I want you to do to do it. You need to be this. But then being not being not really being given any, any explanation as to why club rugby at that point um, down south especially it was all about i mean it was post 2003 it was you know um win at all costs just stick it up your jumper and see what happens basically um and you know just getting filled but also like getting getting sort of filled in was um you know a badge of honor wasn't it you know having injuries and things like that and you know i remember one of the one of the oh i had to intervene in, the, in a fitness session once this is somewhere down the line when i was coaching um but there was a really old school coach and he was, he was absolutely, he was trying to get the young under 17s lads um, to do, he's getting them to do a plank basically. And he was saying it was a lower back exercise. 
and he was like, "Yeah, you want to really, you want to really feel it. You want to really feel it." And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, I'm like, "I'm like, what are you, what are you doing?" <laughs> so what, what's happened to you? What have you been reading? You oh, anyway, but um, yeah, to quote Blackadder, I wasn't quite sure who was using the family brain cell at that point, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was being like, "Mate, what are we doing?" Um, but no, it was um, it did have it did have an impact, and I suppose it probably did for a long time actually um because the results of it weren't necessarily good um and that did lead me so that you know sustained quite a few injuries got a bit banged up got a bit um you know uh it just and it just you know you actually have being bigger and heavier um yeah it has its advantages in some regards but if it's not done um if you, you know if your training's if your training's you know if you're not well looked after it's one of the big thing with young athletes young kids nowadays they're in a much better space than than we were Mm-hmm. as a sort of crash test idiots um you know where they're they're actually well managed they're much more balanced they're much better athletes they're much more well balanced when i realized you know probably not going to get um much further um you know uh, smashing into blokes um and running about a field um in small shorts um despite how much i loved it um you know i, I kind of thought well what what else do i like doing um i like exercise i like weights i like doing this i do that so i just kind of that was my um that was my route in basically and i knew a guy who's kind of like a semi-mentor at the time who was really he was uh played for great britain um in american football and he he was like oh you should come and you should come and um come along and you know i think i did like uh i started off like an appre- i did like an apprenticeship basically in that and i was also at college at the time um and it kind of it kind of grew from there and ended up having all kinds of weird and wacky jobs and funny roles in the health and fitness industry um working with lots of different people but then it eventually i mean this is, this is the sort of whistle stop tour but um eventually um kind of i wanted to get a little bit more uh clinical with it and also you know I'd figured out that um you know i wanted to go on you know go to university and things like that and um the care i'd received post rugby and during my during rugby was from some excellent um you know osteopaths and physios that you know prolonged prolonged um things for me but also just allowed me to you know recover and um you know actually actually still function as an athlete basically um and and as a person to be fair because some of the injuries were pretty debilitating and um yeah that it kind of drove it kind of drove me down that that path really towards that it was a toss-up between physio and osteo and and I think yeah the the osteo course was was just seemed that it had a few extra bits in it that I wanted to do and also I didn't want to go to university in the same town that I grew up in um yeah. <laughs> so it would have been rubbish yeah. um so yeah cho- chose that and um yeah and look at and, you now and, Jordan look at you now yeah and here, here I am not stopped talking bollocks On since then so the good fitness tip. So uh, this kind of leads me on to the next question. So uh, so Jordan knows uh, my wife, uh, as I said, we're good friends at the start of the episode. Um, and I, when I told her that you were coming on, um, I said, like, oh, what would be a fun question to ask Jordan? And I her question was so bad that I thought it has to be one of the first questions we ask. So she wanted to know, what is your favorite bone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I mean, I, I always remember Favorite one of the first re- one of the first referrals I did to Jordan. Actually, I, th- I think it was a shoulder injury, and your first, your response was just, "I love a shoulder." So I thought, although it's such a bad question, Jordan probably does have a favourite bone, uh, no pun intended. And um, so I thought, let's let's kick off with that. So I'm going to completely <laughs> ignore 
the other avenues I could go with that and people you, you should ask yep. um, about various bones and whatnot. But um, <laughs> no, I... Uh, <laughs> Jason there, he's trying to hold it together. I know what my favourite bone of Jordan's is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yeah, it's exactly what everyone's thinking as well. Yeah. Um, Femur. Or is it? It is, it. yeah. yeah. Um, do you know what? I don't... Uh, you mean I've you don't have a favourite bone, Jordan? What? <laughs> no, I'm I'm going to be really disappointed and say no, I don't. I, I like I like pe- I like. Oh, this is going to sound funny. I like I like dealing with people. Um, I like dealing with you know because people people aren't the sum of just bones, are they? Uh, you the know, people behind uh, the bones. Yes, the people behind the greens. Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say no. I don't have a fair brain. I mean, obviously, we, I think when I was at uni, we did we did osteology in in depth, uh, and it was horrifying. Um, just you know, and we did a lot of you know um, sort of uh, human dissection and things like that. And it was fat. It was genuine. If you ever get the chance to do it, do it. I actually would love to do that. They do them in Edinburgh, I think, um, outside of COVID times. So you can go to live dissections, can't you? Yeah, you can. Yeah, let's all go. Um, I was say, that doesn't sound like an opportunity that arises very often. Yeah, no, you can go. Uh, I'm up for it. Let's all go. Burke and Hare never died. They just kept, they just passed on. Um, I love this. Just... I love this. Everybody else is excited about getting into the pub and the clubs and stuff, and we're planning our trip to a live dissection. <laughs> yeah. Well, who said you can't? You, I mean, who said we couldn't go for a drink beforehand? It'd be even better. Um, no, pre-game. So, yeah, pre- <laughs> yeah, pre- yeah, pre-drinks to a human day. What are you guys doing later? Well, I'm just going to see a, just a, you know, a little bit of dissection. No problems. Maybe um, just have a couple of bevs, getting in the mood for it. You know. <laughs> that, that said though, that said though, the the formaldehyde in those labs does actually make you really hungry. It's really weird. The smell of it makes you <laughs> makes you really hungry, which is disturbing when you're in a room full of fifty corpses. It's really <laughs> this quite is a weird. Conversation that I'm sure all the listeners can relate to. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there are some. Statistically speaking, there's got to be some. But um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have. Sorry, Emma. I don't have a favourite bone. Um, That's too niche for me. Um, but uh, we'll, I like. You know. I was just going to um, say, I'll, I'll report back. She'll be disappointed, but it's all right. I'm sure she'll understand. It's Jordan, I've got a better question for you. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, not that, hard. That that might actually. Uh, you might be able to answer. Back to the bone people... question. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, it's, it's it's much better and much more interesting for the listeners. Um, <laughs> right, Mitch. I know it was something that you also wanted to ask as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, in your profession, uh, what's the most common injury? people come to you with and my follow-up with that is is also what's the uh, the problem or the injury that most people uh, could solve with a simple solution so there's kind of two questions in there for you classically it's always going to be low it's it's going to be especially in these times it's going to be some kind of lower back pain hmm. i see you see that you see tons and tons of that do you see that um, more coming in now because of lockdown and people are a lot more sedentary? Do you see that kicking up a little bit more often? Yes, but you also see some different things. And also it's, it's, it's also identifying what the drivers are behind that because not low back pain isn't just, yeah, people, people might come in with the same presentation as it were, um, you know, our low back pain left-sided or whatever it might be, uh, you know, and but the how that's dealt with and how you how you address it is complete might be completely different to the person you saw yesterday with almost identical um physical presentations so it's 
okay, what's you need to know so much more than just, you know, this hurts, fix me kind of thing. Without without sort of getting too bogged down in in uh, all the you know all the sort of specific because it is such a huge it is such a huge diverse um, conversation. But um, yeah, most commonly it would be low you know low back pain followed by probably neck and shoulder. Um, I was having this conversation with a, a, someone the other day, but um, actually a patient, and it was oh, but I've been more active since lockdown and things like that. And you're like, okay, but have you? So what else have you been? What have you been doing? You know, have you actually been working longer hours now that you're in lockdown? Because a lot of people are doing uh, two more, two hours more than they would when they're in the office. Because the you know employers are kind of like, well, you can if you're not in the office, you're not coming here, you can work eight till seven. You know, <laughs> they just keep pinging with emails. So they're actually, but but they might associate going for a run at lunch with I'm now more active. Whereas, you know, being in the office, moving, walking, commuting, that kind of thing, having your, you know, your regular gym routine, either pre or, you know, let's just say for simplicity, say before or after work, um, you know, and people's overall activity would actually have dropped in a, in many ways. So their, you know, their, their, their overall fitness, uh, you know, their mental health, like people's mental health is another massive thing. Um, I know it has become a bit of a, you know, like a buzzword, like literally everyone's, everyone's sort of but it's important and it does, it does have a huge role to play um, in how you experience, not one, not only how you experience pain, but how you recover from it, from injury basically, or from anything. That's really so cool. It's really, that's, yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice holistic approach. I like that. Cause I would, I would have to relate to that as well in the fact that I'm doing as much exercise as I was pre lockdown, but my general activity throughout the day is so much lower. Like I'm spending more yeah. time on my laptop or on my phone. And I'm finding that these little injuries that I never used to get are definitely flaring up a bit more, a bit more now, especially yeah. shoulders uh, and lower back. Once again, I find that I have yeah. to stretch them much more often just to kind of maintain a nice level. But when you when when you're as successful as you are, Mitch, though, a lot of it is down to working bloody hard as well. Um, if anything, you, you, Mitch works if, too much. <laughs> he works too much. No, but no, all, all all joking aside, it is true though. Like you know, you'll have noticed um, doing what you do. Like obviously, you'd have been out. You would have been out and about more, coaching people in the gym. You would have been going for if you you were actually in training. Like being like I I can't wait to get back in the gym and at, get completely folded in half by a barbell. Um, because I'm, a, I'm about as strong. All right, you see, you see me in the you see me in the squat rack with like a, a non-Olympic bar, and I'll just be on the floor like some like jelly <laughs> in a biscuit, just like being crushed like jelly in a biscuit. I feel, yeah, obviously, you get to a point where you haven't lifted decent weights in some, some, so much time, you feel like a human blancmange. But um, there's only so many press ups in your living room and single leg squats and things you can do before you're just like, I hate this. Yeah, but um, that's good because so on that point then as well, is there anything that you would recommend that people do throughout the day to prevent that from happening? So, um, like, is it is it more effective maybe someone setting aside 30 minutes once a day to stretch out? Or is it better to, if you've got a spare five, 10 minutes, just to do like a little bit of mobility work whilst you're doing a phone call or whilst you're waiting for the kettle to boil, for example? Like, would you say that's more beneficial or doesn't it really matter? One of the most successful ways of doing it that I've done is basically, and again, it's not, I think you're in a post like, oh, just move more and eat less. Like, it's the worst thing ever. Like, mm. get yourself in the bin. Um, but moving, essentially, like having like movement breaks. Um, so, in the office, I think what people are finding when they're in the office is they'd actually, you know, people would skive more. They'd go for like, you know, a 45 minutes trip to the toilet or in you know, like a coffee break where they go for a little lap around the office or they go somewhere. And that, that, that in itself unknowingly is like a little tight bit of time for your body to move and 
actually just do something else other than sit at a screen and stare at it. Um, so generally, it's like so I try and remind people like every half an hour, twenty minutes or so, listen to your body. If you start, if you got like if you're starting to feel a bit sore, or a bit achy, it's not because you're sitting in the wrong position. It's just because you're not doing anything. So that you know, it's not that you're. Um, it's not the position's bad. It's not sitting that's bad. It's just you need to move. You need to move. You need to do something else. So that you know, this is the same. The same goes at the moment with a lot of things. Is that your best position is your next position. So stand, move, fidget, do something. Because a lot of people, you know, still hold on to this kind of um, notion that there's a Goldilocks zone for posture. Um, you know, and sitting up, like you've got a broom up your ass, is never helpful. It's just stand up, go away, think about something else, give yourself a mental break as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really important. So it depends on the person. You get some people, I say, look, try and have a little move, do, do a little mobility routine, do something every half an hour if you can. Just little, little and often and integrate it into your day and you'll instantly feel, I say instantly, you'll start to feel a lot better um, if you're just investing little chunks of time in yourself. Um, so there's things you do, like I said, for, from that point of view, just breaking up your day, I suppose, rather than doing one block of it. Mm-hmm for 30 minutes do you know what I mean because then we're kind of we're falling into that trap again of just oh am I moving more well am I what, what is my day activity well if I just put it in this one block here probably not um whereas if you're you know you know stone cold like locked to your um your monitor or your computer for uh you know eight nine hours only only having breaks to go to the toilet and things like that um you know you're going to be it's, it's not surprising people are going to be in pain mm-hmm. um that's something so, we talk about a lot isn't it mitch about um not necessarily feeling like you have to do one session of intense exercise but actually mm-hmm. you should be moving frequently throughout the day mm-hmm. and it's one of the reasons why i'll speak for myself here that i like to um, victimize crossfitters and um, especially the ones that work in an office <laughs> and then go to the box straight away because then it's like i'm sat in my chair for eight hours oh now i'm going to do this incredibly intense olympic lift that requires a huge mm. amount of energy mobility and strength and i'm going to do it a hundred times and then um, yeah. you end up getting these horrible injuries with shoulders and things like that. And so um, I think that's really important to stress to people, especially people who are maybe um, who have an intense work schedule and mm-hmm. who are maybe looking to integrate exercise into their routine a little bit more mm-hmm. is that you shouldn't yeah. automatically go for, I'll put two hours aside for intense exercise. It should be, try and move more frequently obviously there's a time and a place for for things that are a bit more specific especially if you're trying mm-hmm. to get stronger or you're trying to build up your endurance yeah. or whatever but in terms i guess of what we're speaking about there of, of relief of pain or or um yeah. or just normal mobility whatever normal means being on day-to-day uh, functional fitness um, it makes more sense to be just kind of putting yourself in those positions doesn't it yeah it's what it's what works for, it's, it's it's what works for that person and also making it achievable making it you know, something that's easy to integrate into their lifestyle. But yeah, the, the CrossFit thing, I mean, um, again, I'm, like I explained off there, I sit in the middle with a lot of things. Um, but, um, but not that. You know, not, it depends. Again, it depends. It could, I think it's the way it's coached and it's the way it's coached and it's the way it's, um, I think, again, it depends on how fundamentalist you are about it. You know, like you said, We've all, we've all of us seen, uh, you know, uh, and again, I don't want to get bashed for having, you know, getting in for one for CrossFit, but um, you, you've seen lots of CrossFit refugees coming in and being like, I've been training really hard for six months. 
oh, I'm doing this and, you know, I've been, you know, now I can do a snatch and I'm like, oh, great, fantastic. What did you do? What was your prior exercise experience before that? Oh, nothing, nothing really. Uh, you know, you look at their medical history and, and things like that and you, you kind of realize this person's been pushed from zero to 100 and loads of inappropriate, loads of um, novel load basically completely new movements completely new weights complete all of this is is low is literally chucked upon these people and their bodies and they just don't have the they don't have the you know they're not they're not going to recover quickly between exercises. their actual as jason said their actual lifestyle is completely opposite to what they're doing in the gym in those gyms so it's an absolute it's an absolute vortex of of um of avoidable injuries a lot of the time but that's not saying when it's well coached and you you've got the other elements of your lifestyle right it can't be beneficial um but as i said a lot you know you see it in a lot of um you know there, there are good goods and bad nothing but one of the one of the bad things i think we've all noticed is um yeah if you see yeah if you just if you're just seeing people you know oh what did you do before you know previous exercise before that oh, i was doing some treadmill and a few push-ups and now they're trying to get you trying to get you to do uh you know <laughs> handstand like, push -up. A, like a handstand push-up and overhead prep like all and all in like in a one with no with no kind of like pre-coaching and about you know why they call it crossfit you know why they call it oh, crossfit because they get really cross when you tell them how crap it is <sighs> that was that was bad that was that wasn't good J Jason's Jason's amping up his dad jokes there. Just to, <laughs> yeah. I like that. That was a good one. That was a It'll good. Be one. a crescendo as we get towards the end. Yeah, <laughs> I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Um, but no, yeah. So yeah, it's I suppose you know trying to trying to avoid um, you know becoming a person that is active in the gym but very sedentary outside of it um, is always uh, always something to look look to. No, love it. I know that, uh, Jason, we need to keep kind of 10 minutes at the end of this episode because Jason has a, a ridiculous game for us to play. So um, I'll just ask one more question. I think, I don't know, I feel like Jordan's maybe a bit too much of a professional to answer this question um, uh, honestly. But so I've got a good friend who is a sports massage therapist and they've got some horror stories of working with some clients. Um, and I was wondering if you just had any funny stories that you can admit to. Um, if you don't, we can cut this out of the episode. That's fine. Um, any funny stories from working with clients that you're allowed to say? I mean, for example, uh, this sports massage therapist friend of mine, they've said kind of strip down to your underwear. They turn around and they're standing there completely starkers. That, for example, have you got any great stories that you can tell? Um, my governing body would say absolutely not. <laughs> Oh, um, rubbish. <laughs> otherwise otherwise we will we will yeah you know they'll they'll have you um now there's always there's funny stories i could probably start i could pro there's there's a million funny stories i could tell you and i um but i definitely won't be telling any of them to you over any a pint at all um at, ever not once um so <laughs> i could probably tell you something about that was pretty funny in my undergrad um clinic year I don't know, it was, an, it was, a, it was a, 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 an older patient, shall we say, an elderly patient, classic kind of osteoarthritic um, hip pain that she was coming in for. Uh, and I was a student, I was observing at the time, and there was about five of us in the room, sort of like, oh, this is how you manage this, and these are the, these are the approaches you take. And uh, before, the before the lady even walked in, she said to the, um, to the uh, it was a fourth-year student, and the, the head clinician at the time uh, just said, oh, just so you know, I have had a Mexican. Um, and, that, and again, you can you can take that as you as you will, but we'll say the food. 
Um, and, and I said, oh, okay. Uh, okay, that's good to know. Good to know. And she goes, well, you know, just in case, you know, be, be careful. So obviously she knew she, she was, she'd be coming in for a few weeks now and, and sort of, you know, let's check on how, how her exercise is going. Um, how's the pain? How's, how's things going? What's your mobility level? Like, like? She said, oh, yeah, all generally improving pretty good. And I think on it was that point um, on the like passive hip examination, essentially. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, all I can describe it as is is uh, it was it was uh, it was a potent gust, um, <laughs> shall we say? Something something was released that you, you know you'd rather not. Um, and it, it, honestly, it sounded it sounded like it sounded a bit like someone had pushed uh you know pushed a coke machine down the stairs like it was <laughs> it was the it was the, so loud and so intense and the lady's face the lady basically just said i did warn you um <laughs> i did warn you i like we're all just you know I, I, we're all trying not to laugh. like the head clinician the, the supervisor at the time stone-faced no no chat nothing not funny didn't even happen that's almost um, worse isn't it than like making a thing of it yeah, and then I was, I was like, I'm gonna have to leave. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I, walked, I just, me and a few other, it was just absolutely doubled over laughing, and uh, yeah, I, just, I was almost dead. But it's the way it's just deadpan. They was like, I did warn you. And it <laughs> yeah. was the loud. It was like I reckon that's in top five loudest farts I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. um, and you I've been to London. Time. I've been to London Zoo, um, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was that was that was pretty powerful to be fair. But yeah, there's there's a million one other funny funny horror stories. Some funny, some disturbing. Quite frankly, um, I mean, we know uh, exactly that's... what we're asking you about when this podcast episode finishes. Speaking um... of disturbing, guys, it's the part that all of the listeners have fast forwarded to. Here we go. It is the return of the nation's favorite game show, Supplement or supplemental now for anyone that doesn't know the rules of the game i'm going to read out the name of a supplement and mitch or jordan are going to have to tell me is it real or is it fake supplement <laughs> or supplemental now we played this game with andy smith of lift gyms we also used to play it on our radio station that um spectacularly died in a, a ball of flames but we <laughs> tried to mention it too often this week because exactly because jordan's on and we know that jordan is a big beefy boy he's a big guy that likes to push a few weights we've got a pre used to be. Workout, used to be. pre-workout edition uh so for anyone who doesn't know pre-workout basically just a powder with a stimulant in it some legal some not um if anyone's listened to previous episodes about my experience with pre-workout so what i'm going we've to do a long again, chat about this jason Exactly. So what I'm going to do, guys, is I'm going to give you three each. Okay, so I'm going to come to one of you, and then I'll go to the next one. So, Mitch, I'm going to start with you. The first one is the testosterone. Is that a real supplement, or is that a fake supplement? The testosterone. I feel <laughs> like most people that use pre-workouts tend to be kind of uh, oh. weightlifters a little bit overly keen when it comes to weightlifting too, and I know that testosterone levels are massively uh, spoken about slash overplayed so i think that one would go down well i'm gonna say um supplement so you think that's a real one mitch it's a real one yeah mitch that is in fact one i made up on the walk here unfortunately that's oh you're a marketing genius you're a genius honestly (laughs) zero right jordan on to you are you ready for this yeah i'm ready yeah (laughs) the curse (laughs) 
Is the curse a real supplement? supplement. Oh, well, one point to Jordan. Jordan's, uh, really right. Jordan's probably tried all of these. This isn't fair. I've had, yeah. I've, I, I had that one, and yeah. uh, it was, it was like, it was like being haunted. But <laughs> doing the weights. Um, I don't know. It's one from generation to generation. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was not. Uh, not. I, I wouldn't say that was a pleasant experience. That one. Um, you know, uh, one out, one out of five would not do again um, unless yeah. you. I mean, do wrong. It was. It was. It was effective, but um, at what at what it was supposed to do. But whether or not I was actually aware of what I was doing at the time is is debatable. Just like a curse. So one nil to Pre Jordan. Precisely. Okay, Mitch. Next one. Got a good one for you here. Crack. Is crack a real supplement or a fake supplement? Supplement. I think I know the answer to this one, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm like, oh, crack. I think it's one of those where it's so bad that it's good. So I think I'm, I'm going to say supplement again. I'm going to say that it's real. How the hell they got this past any kind of, you know, advertising bodies or whatever. Is it real? Crack is a real pre-workout supplement. I knew it. Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> there you I've go. seen so it. I've not had that one, but yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> I've heard crack is very Moorish. Anyway. Should, it, this, it should be like an episode in Brass Eye about drugs when they just make, he makes up those ridiculous drug names like yellow bentines or, or cake. <laughs> to be honest with you, or... this is pretty much what we're doing, Jordan. We're <laughs> so moving on, Jordan, your next one. <laughs> Amazing. Shoot up, Jordan. Is shoot up a pre workout that exists that you can buy, or did I just make it up? Shoot up, shoot up. I'm, I'm that's not one I've personally seen. Um, I think we're, I think again, if that's real, then somebody needs, um, I think, do you know what? I think, I think it's real. I think it's real. I'm not gonna, there's loads of really inappropriate jokes I could make about it as well, and I'm not, they're on the tip of my tongue, but I'm not going to. I think it's a supplement. Jordan has snatched the victory from the jaws of defeat. It is, in fact, a real pre-workout. Shoot yeah. up. I'll just have yeah. some shoot up, please. One little portion of shoot up. Well done. 2-1 yeah. to Jordan. Okay, Mitch, this is your last one. Last one for Mitch. You've got to get this to stay in the game. Okay. Woke AF. Woke <laughs> AF. Is that a pre-workout <laughs> supplement that exists? Or is it a made-up one that I just made up. Walk air. So I think that the regulations around pre pre workouts are much tighter now than they were, and that's quite a, a new name, I'd say. So I'm going to say it's fake. I'm going to say supplemental. Mitch, walk AF. You could probably buy it in Holland and Barrett because it is a real supplement. Wow! Oh, no, that's yeah. that's not a good name. There that's we go. Awful. So Jordan, you've you've won, but I've got one last one for you. Both of you can you can dive in on this one. Aneurysm is aneurysm <laughs> real pre-workout supplement or is it fake? Is it supplement or supplemental aneurysm? I, I feel like it is. It's what everyone aspires to in a workout, isn't it? To have an aneurysm. Um, yeah. yeah um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna. I, say, I just, I just want to keep making up ridiculous names as we go on. They're not real. I just want to make more stupid ones as as we go. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say supplemental. I'm gonna say no. Okay, Jordan, what do you? I'm, think? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. I reckon it's on the American market and it's probably real. 
Mitch, you redeemed yourself. It is, in fact, <laughs> one I made up earlier. <laughs> so, technically a tie, but we're going to give it to Jordan. Jordan kind of won that. Yeah, he won that. Well done. Round of applause. What a fantastic and successful edition of Supplement or Supplemental. We'll have to bring that back next time Gilesio's on the show. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> no, I love that. I'm sure I'll enjoy, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. You should, you should ask, like we made up those um, various names for... Um, you know, editions of beer we are coming up with. There should be there should be a whole lineage of really. If you're going to do your own sort of like you know supplement line, just a fitness tip. I think the more stupid names you can make for pre-workouts and things like that, um, that would be amazing. I'd I'd help you name some of them um, happily. Well, yeah, our aim is definitely to have a range of dodgy supplements at some point. So definitely, definitely. Um. <laughs> Love it, but no, that aneurysm. <laughs> aneurysm's first on the list. <laughs> yeah, there's another one. Myocardial infarction, another one. Brilliant. <laughs> that sounds magnificent. Another great pre workout. Take three scoops and you'll die. Um, like... <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, thank you so I, much. I'm, I'm not gonna... No, no, we'll, 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 we'll not offend too many people here. Don't worry. Love it. No, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on to the episode, mate. We really appreciate That's it. True. We've been wanting you to come onto the show for a long time. So thank you for taking the time out to come join us. Oh, thanks, mate. I appreciate it. Um, again, uh, sorry if it was a bit waffling, waffling long-winded, but um, most of our conversations normally happen over a span of about four hours. Um, <laughs> so, you know me, I'm not, I'm not very concise, and uh, I love, I love, a, I love a chat, and love, an, love, love, you know, love to sort of explore all the angles, as it were. But um, I hope it was useful in some way to someone. Um, absolutely, I absolutely do think it was, Jason. I don't know if you have any kind of parting words of wisdom before we head off. Well, I was just going to say, I never imagined there would be so many double entendres in this episode, exploring <laughs> angles, favourite bones, etc., etc. And you've had Dan on as well, haven't you? But exactly, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so, uh, but no, thanks for joining us. We had fun with it, um, and we did get some information. So uh, that's a bit yeah. of a bonus, really. So <laughs> it's yeah, a fitness podcast, and we talked absolutely absolutely nothing to do with what the agenda was. I liked it. It was great. I will say my favourite bit for was when you said to, uh, a guy <laughs> looked as though he could bench press his way around. <laughs> that's my favourite <laughs> expression, and I will be using that... <laughs> Good old, God bless him. Good old, good old Ralph. Yeah, he never, never gone up a flight of stairs in his life. Um, but he All could. Right, he Ralph. was, he was fully bipedal, but um, the wrong way up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> amazing chap. Amazing. Um, Love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, thank you guys. Right. You have been listening to episode 83 of Just the Fitness Tip with Michael Ujoa and Jason Ald, Edinburgh's number one fitness podcast. And we will see you all again next week. Keep on tipping. <laughs>